very thankful for the presence of all and the opportunity to be here. I feel uh, not only privileged and honored to be asked to be here, I feel flattered. I'm thankful for the opportunity. I, I have to admit I felt a lot better about it back in 19 when I was asked. Uh, the last time I held a meeting was in November of 19, and that was in Spanish. So it's been a while, and I preach, uh, that may be debatable by some people, but uh, I speak often enough as far as I'm concerned, but it's good to be uh, with you all, and you know that we uh, feel very close to the congregation here, and always appreciate being able to come and be with you. Wrestled a great deal in trying to think of what to speak on, and uh I hope that what I finally settled on will be worthwhile for all of us uh, this evening. I want to talk about confidence in prayer. In uh, uh, several years ago, uh, we had a, a member. We've we've lost a lot of members to death uh, there in McAllister, uh, and one of those was Charles Weeks. And he told me of before I got to McAllister of a man who was uh, who attended and was baptized and attended one service after that and never came back. And uh, when they went to talk with him, he said, nobody can live that life. Maybe we are guilty of sometimes painting it harder than it is. Uh, I don't know. I'm not saying uh, that depends a whole lot on your spiritual maturity because First John 5 and 3 says, this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. And when we find them burdensome, it's because we're failing in our love to God. And so I thinking about that, I decided to do a series on confident Christian living. And I uh, did one in that series on confidence in prayer. I want to... Uh, Look as a text, 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. 1 John 5, 13 through 15. The Bible says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Sometimes Satan uses events in our life to shake our confidence. Paul warned Timothy of certain men who were shaking people's faith. Uh, in 1 Timothy 1 verses 18 uh, through 20. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected, concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Someone might say, and, and I've actually heard some people say this, 
I've prayed and prayed about it, but God has not answered my prayers. A woman, the first time I heard this, uh, or a version of it, was visiting the hospital back when you could just go visit everybody in the hospital, and having prayer with those who wished. And I, I lived at Davis at that time, and uh, was visiting the hospital over at Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, a bit of a drive. But I, in one of the rooms, there was a woman from Davis. Uh, I didn't know her, but in talking. And she said, uh, she wanted me to pray for her. She says, it just doesn't seem like God is answering my prayers. And I made a statement then, and I have repeated this over and over and will tonight. He answers every one of mine. That's not bragging. It's simply understanding how prayer works. I believe that God answers every one of my prayers and I'm thankful for the answers he gives, however it may seem to me. Some people lack confidence when they pray because they are afraid they are asking for a miracle. I actually heard a person say that one time when I was talking about praying for someone who was very ill and the outcome was not looking very good. And uh, a brother, a very dear brother to me, said, would that be asking for a miracle? Well, you know, I have to admit that kind of set me back a little bit. I think sometimes people feel like, well, not any sense in praying about that, for that for God to heal or to help them get well. And we don't believe that they're going to. God is no longer working. I've changed my notes to be more politically correct. And I'm reverting back. I have supernatural events to avoid the word miracle. But I'm not limiting my vocabulary these days. And a miracle is simply a supernatural event. There was a time when God worked miracles through the hands of men to confirm his word. And those miracles ceased. God still does supernatural things. And he's still as powerful as he ever was. He's not going to do it by me laying my hands on somebody or by me because I led the prayer, or because of anything about me. But there are cases after cases of that I know personally where it looked impossible and people got well. So I believe in prayer. I don't believe it's up to the one doing the praying or leading the prayer as such as at church. I do believe that it has to do with uh, faith. I believe that because without faith, don't ask anything, doubting. Uh, we have to believe. But he says here that uh, when God was doing those miracles what I uh, through men, that had nothing to do with praying. That wasn't prayer. I've had denominational people, uh, so-called charismatics, some of them, said, you, you don't believe in the prayer of faith? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Of course, I don't, that's the only kind of prayer I believe in is a prayer of faith. That has nothing to do with healing. 
miraculous healing. In Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Notice Peter and John did not pray for him. And it, was, it would have been easy, right? He's, you're not going to believe this, but we're going right now at the hour of prayer. If you give me your name, we'll pray for you. And uh, if it's up to us, we would heal you, but it's all up to God. You know, that's how they covered their uh, track or history or success rate or failures. Uh, it's really God that says, no, he's not going to heal you, but uh, we love you more than God does. That's basically what they're saying. But he says, such as I have. He didn't have to go and say, we'll see, and if it's the Lord's will, then we will uh, heal you in the name of Jesus. He says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have. God had given them the power to do this. They had it. They didn't need to ask. They didn't need to pray. They simply said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, arise and walk. And immediately, not month by month, he's getting better and better. And, and all of this fake healing that people claim. And, and you know, when people are living a life without hope, it, they're so gullible. They're so easily betrayed and deceived. Peter said that this was something he had that he could give the lame man. Just because we can't do that today does not mean that God cannot nor will not heal someone in a way that baffles the medical field. There are doctors all the time and they'll use the word it was a miracle. We don't. We'll, we simply say, if God providentially decides to, however he does it, sometimes things change and we thank God. You know, it's interesting, I guess, to some people that maybe that's not the strongest word they would use. But when we pray for people, God's going to answer that prayer. And when he answers it, we're going to thank God. Sometimes the answer to that prayer is, you got it. And they get well. Sometimes they die. But God doesn't make mistakes. And God answers. And we see it as that. Unfortunately, sometimes 
Our faith is low and He baffles us too. I uh, was considering moving to McAllister uh, now several years ago. And Brother Bill Varner there, some of you know him, uh, had been having one eye kept just blanking out on him. And he didn't know what. They thought maybe he was having many strokes. And they did some testing and all. They found a blood clot blocking. And I, it doesn't take me long to tell you more than I know. But some vessel that's really important. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, they all are, right? But one that goes right in here is a little, tiny spot, something or other in that area. And is blocking that off. So two doctors in the United States performed that type of surgery or procedure. And one happened to be in Dallas. So Bill, being a person of means, he gets an appointment with that doctor. And when the time comes, he goes down. Of course, people are praying for him all over the world, literally, Mexico and other places. And we in El Paso, of course. And he gets down there, and the doctors, you know, this way they do now, they... They can uh, pull you back out of sleep and talk to you and put you back or however they do it. And so they said, uh, just need to make sure that was the left side, right? And he says, yes. He says, well, just to be careful and be sure, we're going to check the right side also. And so he didn't say, well, there's nothing there. Now then, some people will say, well, there never was anything really there. It was just a shadow on a an x-ray or something. May have been, that doesn't explain why his eye was going blank. But, if it was a shadow, if it just naturally dissolved and went away, maybe so, that's fine. If God decided to remove it, what's wrong with that? What is wrong with that idea? He may have. It could be. I still believe in prayer. When I talk about things like this, sometimes I say, you, you still believe in miracles. I don't believe in what we read in the New Testament type miracles that, that I've already mentioned. That's not absolutely, because the Bible says they weren't. that was going to continue. And so we know that's not going on today. But God is still able to heal if he so chooses. So let's look at this. How can we have this confidence in our prayers? Prayer is a special privilege for Christians. God's special people. Titus 2.14, who gave himself for, uh, for us, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. God will not hear those who have not obeyed the gospel. 1 John 3.22 and Whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. 1 Peter 3, 12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. John based his boldness in prayer on his faith and his salvation. I want you to think about that for a little bit. He based his faith in prayer on his faith in his salvation. 
Notice he says, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Tonight, are you saved? How do we know? Well, read John. John says, these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. The book of John is written to create faith in an unbeliever. These are written that you might believe. And that believing you might have uh, salvation uh, through His name. You might be saved through faith in His name. And so he, he says, he teaches uh, that all of these miracles that John has recorded, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. First John is how a Christian may have confidence in his Christian living. And there's a whole series of tests, how we know this and how we know that, how we know if we fail, how we know if, if we are okay. So reading 1 John can help us with this idea. How do we know these things are written? If you are confident of your salvation, you can be confident in your prayers. In Matthew 9, verses 2 through 6. Matthew 9, verses 2 through 6. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once, some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. I think we underestimate the power and privilege of forgiveness. When you think about sins that you've committed and I've committed, and to know that that can be just blotted out like it never happened. It can just completely be forgiven. Is that less of a miracle than removing cancer? Jesus says it's just as easy to forgive sins as it is to heal. And which is easier? Which is easier for God? Forgive sins that we've committed? Or to cure a piece of dirt that's formed into a body by Jesus? So it's easy to forgive. It's easy to heal. The Christian has confidence, boldness in prayer based on his faith. Also because we believe. First, uh, I'm sorry, James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. James 5, verse 15. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. By faith we pray, 
according to His will. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We pray according to His will. And that's what He says, 1 John 5, 14. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And I guess here is where some people begin to stumble, or in my opinion, if we ask according to His will. Because for some people, that means... God, if you're going to do this anyway, we'd really like it if you'd go ahead and do that. Because if it's His will, and He's willing to do it, and maybe going to, then, you know, this is where people begin to say things like, the only reason I pray is because it's a command. You think of anything much sadder than that? You just have to do it. It doesn't do any good. And to pray for rain is just ludicrous. And to pray for this, it's like, it's not worth praying. And there are people who believe we have to hold to that. Well, we know how rain comes. You know, one time... <laughs> And this doesn't prove anything, but it's a true story. We were at Valiant, Oklahoma. It was a night service, probably Wednesday night. We have, uh, of course, everybody had old cars then. <laughs> but I decided to leave the windows down. Not a cloud in sight. It come a flood. Had to run out there. Of course, I had to start the car. There's electric windows. And tried to roll up everybody. I got drenched. But before services, it didn't, of course, we didn't have these phones that you can do everything but call somebody nearly. But uh, I, I know the clouds probably were there on the radar if there'd been radar back then. <laughs> Surely there was radar back then. But anyway, but rain came. Not because uh, we had prayed for rain. But the thing is, who created the system? Who can change this and that? The God of creation can work through providence and make things happen. But what does it mean, anything according to His will? I believe it is referring to His revealed will. If we ask according to the way, if we pray according to the instructions that God has set for us, in His Word. We pray that way, then we know that we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Uh, according to Luanida, will here from Thalo, is to purpose, that which is pur proposed, intended, or willed, will, intent, purpose, plan. In Matthew seven twenty one, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven, Jesus taught us to pray to the Father. This is His revealed will. We pray to the Father, not to some statue, not to some dead saint, not to, uh, I don't believe even to Jesus or the Holy Spirit, but we pray to the Father, Matthew 6 and 9. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We pray through Jesus as our mediator, 1 Timothy 2 and 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and men, the man, Christ Jesus. In Ephesians 2.18, For through him 
we both have access by one spirit to the Father. We ask for the right type of things. James 4, 1 through 3. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have you. Murder and covet cannot obtain you. Fight and war yet you do not have because you do not ask. There's a, more here. We're going to read it. But I want you to notice he says there's some things you don't get because you didn't ask. Don't forget that little passage, that little phrase. You, you uh, do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Our confidence is he hears us. 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And then, if we know he hears us, we know we have. 1 John 5, 15. If we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Just as certain as God hears our prayers, he answers our prayers. If we have asked according to his will, we will have the petitions that we have asked of him. What does that mean? That mean that anything I asked for, I'm going to get it? No, he's going to consider my petition. He will hear it. And we will have it put before him. It will be there. He will consider it. If we have asked according to his will, he will consider it. We ask. We do not demand or order God around. It just makes you cringe. You hear some people say things like, in the name of Jesus, I command that, this and that and other stuff. What a ridiculous mindset. We don't demand God. Doesn't anybody order God around? We ask Him. We ask. We do not make God prove Himself by getting Him to jump through our hoops. We don't say, God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. We... You know, now there may be occasions that, that we might say, Lord, if you'll help me gain my strength back, I'll preach as long as I am physically able. I'll continue to preach or I'll continue to do this or I'll do that. Or if you'll help me get over this, I will never do that again. Something that maybe uh, caused it to happen, uh, a problem that we have. But we don't say, as a man in Honduras, one of the members of the church out at this little congregation was out on the, during the week and he said, I want you to visit this guy. There's a guy over here. He was Catholic, but he'd been talking with them and he was trying to get him to be baptized. And so uh, I was okay, well, we went. well, he's really sick and he's in bed and he can't get out of bed and we're talking and he was, uh, admitting he needed to be baptized. And I said, well, let's go. He said, oh, I can't go. Of course, we're not talking about to the baptistry. We're talking to the, about to the river. He said, oh, I couldn't. I can't get out of this bed. There's no way I could walk to the river. I said, you don't have to walk to the river. I'm not going to walk down there. I'm going to drive. 
and we can get you out of bed and set you in a chair and I can take the back seat out of the Jeep, set you up in there and I can drive out into the river enough and we can get you out and take you and set that chair down and we can baptize you, come back, set you back up in here, bring you right back here and get you in bed. Oh no, 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 no. If God wants me to be baptized, He's going to get me out of this bed. Well, I tried to persuade him to no avail. He said, no, my son's going to come and bring me some medicine from the capital city and uh, it'll help me and give me my strength and I'll be able to go. If he wants me to be baptized, he's going to help me get out of this bed. Well, it was about a week or two weeks maybe when I was back out there during the week. We went to visit him again and I'm kind of surprised. Uh, you know, he can get out of bed. And he's walking to the kitchen. Uh, in those houses, that wasn't that long of a tour. But uh, he still was out of bed. And I said, you're up. You're able to get out. He said, oh, yeah. And I said, marvelous. Let's go to the river. Oh, no. I couldn't walk all the way to the river. Same speech. Go through it again. No, now then we're going to change stuff. God wants me to be baptized. He's going to give me the strength to walk to the river. On the way back to the brother's house that day, I said, he's going to die in his sins. You don't do that to God. You don't make God jump through your hoops. If God wants you to be baptized, not a matter of him wanting to he's commanding you to do that and everything was there making it possible if we've asked according to his will we'll have the petitions that we have asked we do not make him prove himself over and over we do not threaten god or give him conditions that he must meet before we will trust him now, John says, we know. We know he hears. We know he answers. And we know his answers are right. Listen, no is an answer. Sometimes God says no. I believe that God told his own son no three times. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. God said, no. And he went back and he prayed it again and the third time. And after that, of course, the moment had come. People were getting there and they, he was arrested and carted off to, to be crucified finally. But he told him no three times. Paul says about the thorn in his flesh, that I asked the Lord three times and He told me my grace is sufficient. He told the great Apostle Paul, no, three times. Am I going to gripe if He tells me no? Sometimes. He could tell His own son no, but how dare Him tell me no? No, we can't have that. We know we can't have that. 
No is an answer. And sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says later. Sometimes he says something else is better. When I called to check on Brother Bill Verner about that, I, I got his son, Dave, and uh, I said, uh, uh, because of the day he was supposed to have this, the procedure, surgery, I, I call it, but anyway, whatever it was. And I said, uh, how, how is it? He says, better than we had hoped for. And I said, well, wait, brother, we were praying with faith, weren't we? He says, they couldn't even find the blood clot. So it wasn't like that the surgery would go be successful. That's what we'd been praying for. The surgery wasn't even necessary. So sometimes he says, this is better. Sometimes he says, later. Sometimes he says, you've got it. Yes. Sometimes he says, no. But I want you to think about something. When God says no, that's the best answer. Whether we see it or not, that's the right answer. Learn from my best friend, Elias Rodriguez, this way of expressing things. He's still the almighty God. He's still in control. And he makes no mistakes. And we have the right to talk to him in prayer and know he's going to listen he's going to consider our petition and he's going to answer and whatever that answer is it's going to be the best answer for us it should be impossible for satan to convince us that praying is not worthwhile god has taken very good care of us and he's still in control do you trust his judgments this afternoon, this evening, are you a Christian with the right to pray? Do you have the ability to say, our Father in heaven? If not, we've got good news for you. You can leave here with that privilege by obeying the gospel. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God, listen to Him. That makes Him authoritative. He says, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. He's got the right to make demands. And he says something, it's the way it is. And he says, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. John 8, 24. He says, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Luke 13 and 3. He tells us that if we will confess him before men, he will confess us before the Father in heaven. But if we deny him before men, he'll deny us. Before the Father in heaven, we must confess that He is indeed the Son of God. Matthew 10, 32 and 33, we must be baptized, born again. John 3, 3 through 5, if without it we cannot enter the kingdom, we cannot even see the kingdom until we've been born again. When we are baptized, it says that we are baptized into Christ. We put on Christ, Galatians 3, 27. And when we are in Christ, we have the privilege of prayer and he is our father maybe we are christians here tonight but we've not lived right and god's not listening to you because you're not doing the things that are pleasing in his sight and maybe his face is against you and maybe uh, you would like to get back right with god simple repent of your sins confess them to god through prayer, be forgiven.
If we can help this evening, won't you come while we stand, while we sing?